the type to get nervous. Yeah. I wish I got nervous. Hey, brother. I've learned not to get nervous. <laughs> I don't get nervous, man. That's a problem I've had my whole life. I don't really get nervous. I remember you saying that when we went on uh what's what's the brother's show we went on his podcast before we got our uh, situation. Uh, Tyrone. Tyrone. Yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, I don't get nervous, man. I wish I did. That's a that's a good feat to Maybe have. I would take it a little bit more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go ahead and welcome everybody in shine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I Got Sense podcast. We are happy to have you here with us. You know what I'm saying? A round of applause, round of applause. We still going strong out here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great series for you. I know we've been talking about a lot of different components to finance, to building wealth, to building financial stability. But this series that we have for you now, you know I had to bring back the dramatic pause. I hear you over there. <laughs> so the series we have is titled Understanding the Fine Print. And throughout this series, we will talk about how you should be paying attention to the fine print in your life insurance. For your, sure. Your banks and credit union paperwork. Your secured versus securities I don't even know if I said that right. You said it right, my okay. brother. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but but today's episode, we're going to be really focusing on uh, banks and credit unions, reading the fine print, um, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, without further ado, let me bring us in the right way. So I'm going to go ahead and play the intro back again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I Got Sense podcast. This is Andre of KLE Creations, entrepreneur and owner of the video production company. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Cheyenne Simmons, the financial professional with many years of experience on knowing how to make money, manage money, making money, make money for you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Cheyenne Simmons, the I Got Sense investment advisor. I'm happy to be back here with you again, my brother, talking this here knowledge. How you, how you like to say it? Uh, we talking some shop. Oh, we talking shop. Man. Yeah, we talking shop today. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm happy to be. I'm in a good mood today for some reason, man. I am too. You know, we had a good conversation off air leading up to uh, our podcast today, but I didn't ask you. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, It was all right. You know, I don't really uh celebrate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been trying to figure out a, a different time. way to say it. Like, yeah. how was your, how was your day with family? <laughs> it was all right. You know, that's uh that's the uh, one of the few days of the year that uh the wife and I we usually uh, use that time to actually uh, relax and just chill out mm-hmm. and get some rest. So that's awesome. That was that was the same this year. We, you know, she 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 go in the kitchen and uh you know cook a little something, but we don't do the big uh, traditional spread for things. Yeah. That's nice. That's real nice. Uh, I will say in my household with my girl and I, we didn't really do much. She went to go uh, visit her mom on the day of. Um, Mm -hmm. I just kicked back at the house and forced myself not to do any work. It was a hard task. Luckily, the new 2K was out, so I just (laughs) played little video games. You Uh, you didn't get that PS5, huh? Nah, I ain't get that. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, that's what? $600, $500? Yeah, You know how much stock in Sony I could get for that? I can go buy about four, five of them things about a year or two from now. Yes, sir. I'm guilty. My my, my son, Savvy D, he said that's what he wants. That's what he wants. You got him one? I didn't get it yet. I'm going to look for it. Okay, okay. It's it's not in stock, but I'm going to look for it. See, I ain't mad, though. You know, you, you well established in the market. 
I'm, I'm trying to get my Sony stocks up out here. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, that's a whole nother subject right there, man. <laughs> but um, I, I did have a nice feast yesterday with the family. Went and visited my mom at home. Um, spent some time there. Had some good peach cobbler. I've been been looking forward to it. It was great. That's good. That's good. But, you know, like I said, uh, I don't really put a lot of emphasis on that holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that uh, my brother and I talk about every year. Yeah. Um, and we talk about the back end of Thanksgiving because, you know, the Thanksgiving um, evolved around, um, you know, the uh, folks coming from across the pond and uh, meeting up with the Indians and you know, we just use it as a day to capitalize on all of us being off and eating good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and giving thanks to each other exactly. and, and not really celebrating the origins of the holiday yeah, itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know what I mean. We don't want to go down that path, but yeah, uh, that ain't that ain't uh, big on my uh, uh, calendar for me to. I, I kind of just, I kind of just wanted to mention the fact that I had cobbler last night, just in case y'all hear me breathing extra hard on this <laughs> mic today. <laughs> Hey, I, was saying, I was eating good. I was eating good. You know, yeah. I ain't celebrate Thanksgiving, but we definitely ate good. And I'm I'm usually <laughs> the one that uh, eat pretty good year round. I usually don't eat that good on. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I I eat pretty well, pretty lean year round. And then on Thanksgiving, I'm a pig. Well, see, we don't. Or not Thanksgiving, but you know, we getting into it. We ain't got to talk about that holiday, man. <laughs> <laughs> So so let's 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 get right into it. You know what I'm saying? We're all taught we're all taught about God, right? Mm-hmm. Heaven and the afterlife. Yeah, we put a lot of effort into talking about uh living for the afterlife and putting in all that hard work, but we need to talk just as much about what we're gonna do while we're here. Mm, good good point. We're not taught about financial literacy from the jump. We're not taught enough. We're not a taught yeah, we're not taught enough about mm-hmm. what to do with money. Exactly. And that's that's one of my pet peeves. We uh, have the money and when we get it, uh, we don't know the right things to do with it or we don't know how to make um, two dollars out of 15 cents. That's it. But yeah, we don't know how to make our money stretch. So that way those after we're gone can benefit from it. Exactly. And then we turn around and complain about the system and how everything is rigged and um, everybody is uh, bringing us down. So, so some questions I'm going to pose and I want you guys to kind of think about this before we really dive into the meat of today's conversation. What is your plan for those you leave behind? Mm-hmm. Are they going to benefit or suffer the consequences of your failure to adequately ensure they are taken care of financially? That's a good question, man. Yeah, I had to give that pause just to let that one sink in. Yeah. How many people have you seen standing on the corners just in the last few weeks trying to raise money for a funeral? Man, it's sad. It really is. My last question. Do you want your loved ones to start over from where you started? Or do you want them to pick off where you left off? Isn't that most of our story right there, man? Absolutely. Starting off at the same spot our parents did and our parents starting off at the same spot their parents did. What are we doing wrong? Let's talk about that today. Let's talk about it. So um, I give an example mm-hmm. of um, my, my, my life. I've been fortunate enough to not have to necessarily start exactly where my parents were. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been afforded more opportunities, one going to college. Yes, um, sir. First generation student to go to college. But even still, from a financial standpoint, there was a lot that I had to learn uh, right off the rip. Although going to college was an opportunity that my family hadn't had the opportunity to <laughs> opportunity, opportunity. They didn't uh, pursue that opportunity um, before me. 
myself, when it comes to finances, I would have going about going to college a little differently rather than taking taking out loans and whatnot. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And, and so that's what we're talking about from a political standpoint now. Um, everybody's looking for the federal government to come in and, and um, enact some type of legislation to wipe out student loans. So even though we might be first generation, mm-hmm. um, we're first generation trying to go to college, um, but we're doing it um on the backs of student loans and then that student loan being a burden for you for the rest of your adult life. Yeah, man. That's one thing that I, I look at when I check my little credit karma. You know, I'm like, the credit score looking good. Mm-hmm. Card ain't been paid off. Mm-hmm. Credit cards stay paid off. Is that student loan still on that your That student loan sitting there like a cancer boy. I'm just like, look, Kamala and Biden. Hey, I don't. I somebody. Don't, I don't have those on my credit report. I'm all good. On oh, here, man. man. I plan to get rid of it within the next two to three. That's good. Still. That's good. And, there, you know, there's some strategies about that, too, because you can typically get those student loans at a much lower interest rate. So mm-hmm. oftentimes it's not as high as a priority to get rid of the uh, credit card debt and, you know, the uh, car loans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But not having student loans, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Talk about reading the fine print. Man. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who you telling, man? <laughs> who you telling? And, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm even blessed more because I've talked about this in previous podcasts and I talk about it all the time outside of the podcast, but all of my kids uh, receive full scholarships to college. So not only um, do I have all of my kids uh, having the experience of getting a college education and getting a specific skill to advance their uh, adult careers, they've been able to do it without incurring any student loan debt at all. That's a big blessing right there. Yes, sir. That's how you make sure those behind you start off ahead of where you start. Exactly. Now I don't want them starting off in that same spot that I started off into. So mm-hmm. and and when it comes to banks and credit unions, what are some fundamentals that you set in stone for them to start off further than you? Well, uh so you know, I'm not sure how many episodes back we talked about building that financial foundation, but a part of that financial foundation has to be uh setting up your uh banking um uh, financial tools for you to be able to have a foundation in place. So um, opening up a, a checking account or a savings account, that's fundamental, not only for you to start um, being able to uh, manage your money and, and do it electronically with, um, you know, the debit cards and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. But also what about when you start getting your steady income, you get paid and that money goes directly into those uh, checking and savings accounts. So Big that, facts. The, the, those are great tools. And so so um, when you're doing that, um, we all understand that one of the uh, uh, fundamental things you have to do when you start getting money is opening up a bank account. But then when you go out there, you have an option. Do I go to a bank? Do I go to a credit union? Mm. And so a lot of people don't even know the difference between a bank and a credit union. Let's talk about it. Okay. Educate so, me. So a bank is a, a financial institution, and most of them are backed by the federal government. So when you go in there, um, you're going to usually see um, that FDIC 
um, um, stick on the door. That means it's uh, federally insured and backed by the federal government. So everything you have on deposit up to $250,000 is federally backed by the government. So if that bank goes out of business, um, then the government will eventually reimburse you up to $250,000. That sounds like a good plan. That's a great plan. And the credit unions are the same. However, the credit unions, um, they kind of function just like a bank. However, they are a little bit different in that um, a lot. And a lot of people don't even know this. Did you know a credit union was actually a nonprofit organization? I had no idea. Yes, it is. So keep educating me. I'm learning today. (laughs) (laughs) So a credit union is a financial cooperative that's member owned. And typically a credit union is established because a group of people have something similar in common. So um, some of the uh, major ones that you've probably heard of would be someone like uh, maybe uh, USAA, mm-hmm. Federal Credit Union, or Navy Federal Credit Union. I've heard of Navy Federal. Yeah. Um, and then even at the state level, you've uh, worked in the teaching profession. Mm-hmm. A lot of the teachers have like, you know, a teacher's federal credit union. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some credit unions can be federally uh, funded and nonprofit at the federal level. Some of them can be uh, um Nonprofit at the state level. And I think uh, one of them is going to be a 501c1. The other one is going to be a 50c14. But they are actually nonprofit organizations um, and they are cooperatives, uh, member owned. And the reason um, that they exist are to give benefits to those people that have those uh, similarities um, in common. Like if everyone is a teacher, everyone's in the membership, or, you know, there are even some like, for Lockheed Martin, they might have a credit union. That's everyone that is employed at uh, Lockheed Martin mm-hmm. Aerospace System. So that they are set up that credit union. And once that credit union is set up, they give them similar services as a bank, except that the credit union is not functioning for a profit. So because they're not functioning for a profit, they typically charge lower fees, monthly banking fees, you know, interest rates and things of that nature. They can typically give you a better uh uh, interest rate on your mortgage, but the credit union is there because it's a nonprofit organization and it serves a collective uh, group that has something similar in common. Am I making sense? Or am I yeah, just making am sense. I just mumbling on? No, you making sense. You making sense. So anytime you have an opportunity and you need a financial institution because you need a checking account and you need a savings account to start building your financial foundation. Oh, right there. You said building a financial foundation. I just wanted to hear you say that again. Yes. That sir. episode you were referring to was episode two of the podcast. Okay, you know a little bit better than me. I'm old, man. I I'm can't. sorry, that was episode three of the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> building a financial foundation. <laughs> well, I'm glad you over there doing some research. I'm over here just running my mouth. <laughs> you giving the people the gems, man. You, you dropping the sense. You giving the sense. You yeah, providing sense. Yeah, but that financial foundation, that is what you're going to build everything else upon. And so, um, as we uh, grow into um, adulthood and we get away from the piggy bank at home and keeping the money uh, on our mattress or stuffed in a shoe in the closet somewhere, um, once you get a uh, to that um, adult level, you actually need a banking product. And so that's when you come to, um, you know, that fork in the road. Do I go to a bank? Do I go to a credit union? 
They offer similar services. The only difference is the credit union is nonprofit, and then it serves a group. So everyone can't just go in and open up that uh, account at the credit union. You have to qualify somehow, some way. But you do need that financial institution to start getting your direct deposit, um, start building your savings up, and doing everything electronically and getting paid direct deposit. Now, we're talking about setting the next generation up mm-hmm. so that way they start at a further point that mm-hmm. we then we started, correct? Yes. At what age would you say it's appropriate for the next generation adolescent to have their own access to their own bank account or to have access to their own bank account? I would say um, on best case scenario, seventh grade, worst case scenario, no later than the 10th grade. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a caveat to that because as long as you're under the age of 17, um, you're not going to be able to establish a a bank account by yourself. It's going to have to be under uh, some type of an adult. Right. um, But you can still have access to it and have a sub account up under a parent or some type of legal guardian. Um, So like with my kids, I started them out early, sixth grade, Mm -hmm. getting their own debit card, putting their allowance in the account and letting them use their um, um, debit cards to kind of start get going through the learning curve of how um, electronic transfers work with the swiping the debit card and managing their money and keeping up and, and being cognizant of the value of a dollar. Mm. So I would say, like I said, between sixth grade, 10th grade, that's ideal. Definitely by the time you get out on your own and you're an adult and then you need to start uh, living on your own and paying your own bills, that's not the time to start out. You should already have some type of uh, experience and access to using a bank account. Did I answer your question? You did. Thank you. My next question is, at what age do you think it's appropriate for a young adolescent to have a credit card? Um... That's a tough one. Um, I can't give any advice better than I've done myself. Um, I would say definitely uh, by a senior year of high school, mm-hmm. um, but that has to be closely monitored. Um, I could tell you, like, for my kids, um, they um, I apply for them a credit card, get them a credit card, and I would say... In their senior year, I might have let them use that credit card three or four times. Um, But when they use that credit card, it's strategic, and I make them pay the balance in full within 30 days. Um, But that's very controlled. I don't, uh, still to this day, um, for the two youngest kids, uh, one is 21 and one is 23, um, they have credit cards, and each one of their credit cards has a $1,200 limit on it, um, but I don't even let them keep it in their wallet. So they're still in college. Um, they have debit cards. They get allowances, and they have to make it work with their monthly allowance. But when it comes to their credit cards, there are certain times during the year, like if my son needs to put new tires on his car, um, I would tell him, okay, swipe it on the credit card, and then um, – we need to come up with a plan of how we're going to pay that in full um, before the next uh, billing cycle comes back around. So things like that, uh, you know, uh, if, if they need to buy some books for school, swipe it on your credit card. And, uh, you know, at the end of the month, we're going to pay it in full that type of thing. So um, I still um, kind of micromanage that. Mm-hmm. Um 
in this, maybe in the senior year of college, I'm going to just let them go ahead and uh, use their own discretion and do that and, 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 and try to coach them and say, hey, I want you to pay for all of your gas for your car on the credit card, but make sure every month you pay it off in full and kind of let them go off on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I would say with a credit card, uh, start getting them exposed to it uh, their senior year of high school and throughout college. That would be my answer. But uh, even even with me giving that advice, I'm a little apprehensive with my own kids and yeah. I micromanage that. So so basically you're saying senior year of high school, but definitely make sure you got your foot on the pedal and you micromanaging that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and and, and you know, I, I threaten them almost uh, on a regular basis that even though they're getting a bunch of that junk mail, um, offering them all kinds of credit cards. And every time you pass by a table on a college campus, mm. they're trying to sign you up for it. I threaten my kids, do not stop. Do not even look over there. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're not allowed to get a credit card. You already have a debit card. You already get a sufficient amount of allowance every month to take care of all your personal needs. And then you still have a little extra to, you know, eat and go out and have a good time and, and do things and hang out with your friends. So there's really no reason for you to go out and get a credit card. I have a credit card for you already and I control when you use it. You know, it's funny that you bring up the uh, conversation of banks or financial establishments or institutions being on college campuses Mm -hmm. trying to get people to sign up for their credit cards, right? Um, I was watching an episode of A Different World recently, you know, with uh, Denise Huxtable Mm -hmm. and the whole nine. So on this episode, uh, Denise... Uh, she had owed some money. Her account had defaulted and mm-hmm. she wasn't able to pay her tuition. Um, she had to pay off her credit card and whatnot, but she was afraid to go to her parents to ask. So what she did was she went and got a job so she can mm-hmm. pay for it and whatnot, which she did. But um, this might be a little tangent, but after I'm done with this, we can go back to uh, no, the pros is, and cons. This, this, but, this is a good, good topic right here. But um, what sort of... Uh, conversations did you have with your kids or did you have any conversations with your uh, uh, kids about being in a financial bind and how to approach that like how to come and ask you for help if they needed it or did you allow them to kind of figure that out on their own um, I don't think that I've uh, ever had a specific talk with them about being in a financial jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know uh, uh, the wife and I, we have always had conversations uh, with our kids about trusting that they can come to us no matter what their problems are. Awesome. So I think the finances kind of fall within that um, yeah. in a broad perspective. Now, me being the jerk that I am, <laughs> I hound them about finances all the time. And I constantly tell them, I know I'm a little overbearing and I know um, you get tired of listening to me talk to you about finances every time we talk and every time we sit down and break bread, I'm constantly talking about money. Um, However, it's going to continue to be like that until you graduate from college and get away from my financial support or 
until you just say, hey, dad, I don't need you anymore. Sounds like you preface that conversation with context as well. Absolutely. Let them know it's coming from a place of care and understanding rather than me just being a hound on you. Absolutely, because they rely solely on me for their monthly income. Mm -hmm. And so even even when I talk to you about uh, them having credit cards already, um, they all of my kids have been able to qualify to get a credit card because when we did the application form, it was based on them having a bank account with a savings account since they were in the sixth grade. Mm. And so they see the money coming in there steady on the first of the month when I put the allowance in there. So it's almost as if they are actually out on their own, earning their own income somehow, some way. So their accounts get funded on the first of the month. It looks like they got a job because it goes in there like clockwork right around the same amount of time. Um, they responsibly spend them. Now they spend it down to zero all the time, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, I have everything set to where um, we don't have the overdraft protection. So if they try to spend more than the, than that's in the account, um, it gets declined. Mm. And uh, so the only uh, other alternatives they have when they get down to zero is to come to me and say, hey, dad, can you spot me some money? And don't get me wrong. I've had to spot them uh, all money for various reasons at various times. But of course, when I spot them that money, that typically comes with that 20 to 45 minute lecture yeah. that they don't want to have. But um, I would say they know it's out of love and uh, where they are now and them all looking back to uh, the process from the time we started this whole thing about uh, financial literacy and have building their own financial foundation. They understand and they get it because they can look around at their peers. They can even look around at their other family members that are that same age and see that they're like years ahead of everyone else and that's beautiful that's a that's a blessing to have that knowledge at such a young age with Mm -hmm. how to manage just a bank account I mean you said sixth grade was when you believe it's a good sixth to seventh grade Mm -hmm. where you believe it's a good time for a child to start managing or at least have access to a bank account yes Uh, I believe that's that's great Um, that not only helps them in life but even with math classes I mean math nowadays is different but Mm -hmm. those story problems talking about if Sue goes to the store and spends x y and z you know you gotta put in an equation that just gives the context and allows them to see visually how that actually works in the real world absolutely and, yeah. and there's a lot of foundational foundational principles you're instilling in them with responsibilities with being able to articulate okay this is my checking versus my savings how mm-hmm. do i use the savings maybe they start posing questions about what's the interest rate on my savings account what is it apr which is the annual percentage Right, yeah, and, and, interest. and I've included all of that in the conversation um, with them over the years as well because, um, like I said, they've all started out back around 6th or 7th grade, mm-hmm. and then each year, as long as uh, their grades are good and they're doing what they're supposed to do, I progressively increase the allowance. Nice. So they, they kind of started out maybe around $25, got up to 100 Um, They're both in college now, so they're doing in the hundreds now. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the terms and conditions um, after they graduated from high school was you're still going to get your allowance in your account on the first of every month. However, on the fifth of every month, you need to make sure you account for $100 automatically being deducted out of your account going into your mutual fund investment. 
And I was just getting ready to say all of this knowledge that they're gaining about accounts and interest rates and mm-hmm. how to save and make more money is a perfect segue to those conversations about investing in the stock market, investing in yeah, your future. Absolutely. And even when they uh, uh, parlay from just a checking account receiving their allowance, each and every one of them open up a subsequent savings account at different points in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it took my son the longest to do his savings account, <laughs> but the two daughters, they kind of got it sooner because the stipulation was for every dollar that you have, I will match it Ooh. when you're ready to open up your savings account. So, that you know, so, so my, so my daughter, my oldest daughter, she did it the quickest, mm-hmm. um, but she's kind of, she's nine years older than the other two. <laughs> Um, the other two got um, a competitive yeah. advantage. <laughs> my my middle daughter, uh, she uh, didn't do it until she had three hundred dollars cash, and then she decided she was ready to open up her savings, um, and so I matched that. Uh, my son, I don't know why he decided to get a savings account, but he reached out to me and said, "Dad, I want to open up a savings account." Blah 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 blah. We went out and did it, and uh, I matched his. But within a year, when I checked with him, he had done drained it all. And you oh, know, he, he, he had a million. He had a million reasons why it was drained uh-huh. out and everything. Um, but it's these types. Well, they say of, the learning curve for men is a lot. Yeah, different yeah. than for women. But I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that they're going through these things now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm glad that I'm micromanaging them so that uh, they kind of understand and learn. And so when they literally get out and I do officially cut the umbilical cord from them and they're doing their own thing, they're going to have a lot of uh, experience on their resume. They're going to have a body of work of dealing with banks and the various types of accounts and being able to discipline themselves of when they need to spend money, when they don't need to spend money and the sacrifices they need to do to make the savings and, you know, to discipline themselves to always carve out a piece to go over towards savings and investing. That's awesome. That's really good, Sean. And I want to preface this, though, because I know a lot of our audience might be out there and they might not financially be in the position that I'm in. And mm-hmm. so I understand that everyone um, doesn't have the financial capabilities to start giving their kids an allowance and going out to open up sub accounts and all of those types of things. That's not attainable for everyone, but it's still um, a good uh, blueprint. Yeah, and, and it's even, a good goal to have yeah, once so you get your great, yeah, financial stability intact. Yeah, and and if you can't, if you can't, um, if you can't, um, if you're not in a position to uh, open up a sub account for your child to have their own account, you know, when they get to middle school and everything, you still can allow your kids to participate in the account you do have for yeah. like when it comes for things like buying a toothpaste and deodorant for the house. So, you know, the mm-hmm. personal item things, the things that kids kind of take for granted, you know how they squeeze all the toothpaste <laughs> out, they waste all the toilet paper, they take for granted that it's going to be some deodorant there every morning, you know, all those types of things. Yeah. You could use those types of examples and those practical exercises with your kids and work with them using your bank account and show them that, hey, none of this stuff is free. Right. We have to pay for all of this stuff and we have to manage this here. And at the end of the day, this is how much my budget is but with this budget I have to make a mortgage payment or pay rent we have car insurance you know we have a car note we gotta it's a, it's get a conversation starter yeah absolutely it's just having a 
conversation with the, with the with the with the child, so that way they're right. starting to understand and at least ask questions and probe about, hey, dad or mom, uh, you said soap was a dollar here. Well, why is this soap two dollars? Exactly. Or you said this soap was three dollars, and we're buying this. But look, I found this one that's a dollar. You know, exactly. Or with my kids, uh, you know, once I started cutting them off and saying, "Hey, you're responsible for your own toothpaste, mm-hmm. your own toilet paper." Um, you know, your own feminine hygiene stuff, um, your own shaving, raising stuff. They learn very quickly that buying one is not a good deal when they can buy the big pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or at least trying to go along with uh, the wife and me when we're out shopping to try to parlay off of us. And yeah. like, hey, can, <laughs> I see you getting a 24 case of toilet paper. Can I get can, two of those? Yeah, can I can I give you $2 and you give me five? So those types of things. And those are very valuable lessons although they're comical and funny you start to see it synthesizing your kids the more and more you incorporate this into their daily lives and they understand that that stuff costs money and when you hold them accountable for it they tend to be a little bit more conscious of what's Mm -hmm. going on they become more financially savvy yeah i I think i was telling you about uh my my daughter on uh with us with the streaming and everything um and using apple tv (laughs) the the wife and i we don't have apple accounts Mm -hmm. you know so uh when we uh first uh, uploaded the apple uh app to the television um, my wife wanted to see something and it was only on Apple TV so we called the uh, uh, one of the daughters and said like, hey uh, do you have an Apple account we want to use it uh, to watch this movie it's going to be $4.99 I'll just put the money in your account and so we did that but that was uh, quite a while ago but every time we go back into the Apple account now it's still logged in under her name and and so, I mean, I was telling you about how my daughter won't hesitate to screenshot a bank account. And like, <laughs> dude, it's $59 worth of stuff from Apple on here. Did you do this? Yeah, did you do this here? What's, what's happening? When can when can I expect you to deposit this money back in and refund me? And it's like, I have no Quick, argument. Quicker than the uh, bank responding when your account get overdrafted exactly. or whatnot, huh? Exactly, yeah. So th- those, are, those are funny little quirky things, but uh, it really... Uh, is chicken noodle soup to your soul when you start to see it manifest in your kids and they start to understand those things. That's a bar. It's chicken noodle soup to your soul when your kids start to digest and manifest and understand those things. Oh, yeah, man. I was just uh, in Vegas three weeks ago uh-huh. uh, with some of my partners from high school. And uh, we were talking about how uh, we all in uh, our early to mid-50s now. And... Uh, Throughout, uh, throughout all these years, um, we've all been through ups and downs in our relationships and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, however, none of us have had to go down to the jail, to the hospital, or the courthouse, or anything for our kids. Our kids are really out there winning. And so that's the thing that I'm proud of most, that you see a lot of things manifesting in your kids. And when you compare that to what's going on in the world and everything around us and what all these other kids are doing, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see where our kids are. And like I say, I know my kids for a fact are light years ahead of a lot of their uh, relatives and their peers when it comes to uh, finances and building their financial foundations and having investments in place. And, uh, you know, they're all in a position now to make moves that um, we, uh, or at least my generation, we weren't able to make these types of moves until we were in our mid-30s 
early 40s and, and my kids are just uh, over 20 and they're already to start making some of the moves that um, we couldn't make 20 years ago. You know, go out and buy their own home. Dude, that's out, big. You know, finance their own car. And, and all of my kids, even though I micromanage them, when you look at their own um, individual finances and look at their own individual uh, credit scores and everything, they're all in the 700s. You know, they all have savings accounts more than 2,000 uh, built up in their savings account, more than 5,000 in an investment in a mutual fund. They all have brokerage accounts set up. They're all investing in stock. You know, all these types of things, that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I talk about all the time about how I'm proud that they are not going to start over at the same spot that I started at. Yeah. I'm going to pass the torch to them and they're going to be 5,000 miles down the road. That's, that's what I'm most proud of. And that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about. And that's why it's important to understand the fine print. Yeah, fine print, man. <laughs> Understanding because it's crazy. And when we um, do uh, some more uh, episodes on this here comparative analysis series here, we're going to talk about all that fine print. We're just talking about the differences between banks and credit unions because people don't even understand those differences and knowing that a credit union is actually a nonprofit organization. And let's talk about this since you brought it, brought mm -hmm. it back around. Uh, what are some of the pros and cons of a credit union versus a bank? And maybe we can start off with the pros for a credit union and then compare them straight to the pros of a bank. Okay, so the the, <clears throat> the biggest pros of the credit union are they're going to have lower fees. So, uh, you know, on a bank account, if you don't have a, a minimum um, average daily balance or if you don't have a minimum account in that uh, account, they probably charge you a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. Have you have you had bank accounts where they charge your monthly fee? I've always read the fine print so I could avoid that, but I'm aware. There you go. So, but <laughs> yeah, so so with the credit unions, typically the credit unions won't charge you as much of a fee or they might not even have um, a fee at all. And the only stipulation to that is you have to have at least $50 in your savings account to avoid a fee in your checking account. That's huge because even if the bank is charging you $3.99 a month um, on your bank account, that $3.99 times 12, that, that's $48 a year. That could be going somewhere else. So the, the, one of the biggest uh, pros of a credit union is their fees uh, are much less or they don't have similar fees to the bank when it comes to just having a regular checking account. And of course, the NSF fees and all those types of things, they're not as brutal as the bank account. So I would say that is the uh, biggest advantage to having a credit union. Of course, we talked about you're going to get lower interest rates on credit cards if you get it through your credit, uh, credit union or if you get a mortgage through your credit union. Now, if you want me to go straight over to the pros of a uh, bank. Yeah. The pros of a bank are um, the banks are for profit. And because they're for profit, they're going to be more accessible. Mm. If you notice, if you go to a credit union, they open up at nine like the banks, but they typically close around three or three thirty. This is true. And so. 
uh, also you when it comes to a bank, you have more branches. So I you was could, just getting ready to say I could, noticed with credit unions, it's just like it's, trying to find Waldo. Yeah, it's <laughs> one or two, but it's a small operation. Remember, it's uh, nonprofit, so they can't they, they can't uh, have a branch on every other corner like a Chase or a Bank of America, or else they got to pass some of those fees off to you. So the biggest asset, uh, the biggest advantage of having a, a bank. Uh, as opposed to a credit union is you have more access to it uh, throughout the city where you live at. And even if you go out of state, you may still have access to your bank account from state to state. You're not going to find that in a credit union. The credit union is typically just limited to your region. Mm -hmm. And even within your region, within your city, it might be one or two uh, offices. And then um, the ATM machines is probably only one or two for you to use those to avoid those ATM machines. Am I asking your question? Yeah, you're okay. hitting it right on the right on the mark. Let's talk about some cons between both of them. Okay, so uh, where we just I just kind of talked about the cons of the credit union. You're not going to have access to them um, like you're going to have to a bank. You're going to be limited. Um, they close earlier. And then when you're out of town on the weekend, if something go wrong with your debit card or your credit card, you're kind of like stuck until Monday yeah. morning. The bank, uh, you're going to be able to call that 800 number and probably get support 24-7, seven days a week. Um, and um, let's see, what's some other things, uh, some other uh, cons with the uh, credit union? Well, uh, I think I covered the uh, uh, the biggest con with a credit union is you have to qualify to join that credit union. So everybody can't just come in and join the credit union. You have to be affiliated some way or the other. We, we use the example of uh, you, you used to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So there might be a teacher's federal credit union, and you have to prove that you teach at some school system um, to be able to go in and get a membership. This sound good. This sound great. Is this good information or do you think the people already know this? You know, I think some of the people may know this, but to those that don't already know this, mm -hmm. um, it's good. And for those that do, it's reinforcing. And, I, and we didn't only just talk about uh, the difference between banks and credit unions. We also provided some good insight as to how to start getting the conversation rolling with your children mm -hmm. and getting them involved with managing their own bank account at what age, um, even yeah. how to start the conversation. So that way you're having these financial literacy talks at mm -hmm. a younger age. So that right. way when they're 18, they will have probably already have started their own bank account or at least have asked you like, Hey, when can I get my own? And then they get you to start thinking about, okay, I really got to get you ready. Yeah, absolutely. A, you know, as your parent. The, so. Yeah. Very powerful. Uh, <laughs> having your kid go with you to the bank or the credit union and walk up to the counter and fill out the paperwork themselves and do the transaction themselves, getting the correspondence in the mail mm -hmm. from the credit union with their name on it, um, actually having a debit card with their name on it and going in the store and, you know, swiping that card or putting the chip in and doing that transaction themselves. It gives them some sense of maturity mm -hmm. um, and it really helps. The, it's, there's a lot of power in that. So it, it really goes a long way. I believe that. I remember when I was younger, my mom would take me into the bank 
and uh, have me fill out one of those. Either it was a withdrawal or a deposit form. Right, right. And I thought that was cool. I thought I was just grown as can be when I did that. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would let my kids sit at the uh, table with me and uh, look at the bills and, uh, you know, uh, give them options. Mm-hmm. And, my, and, and, and it was always my son that had to learn the lesson the hard way. But I know, like, with, with, my, with my daughters uh, saying, okay, this is the budget we have and these are the uh, expenses that we got to incur. Um, so we can do this here and this here, but if we do this and this, then now you only get, uh, you know, $150 um, to buy you some winter clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you buy those winter clothes, you have to decide whether or not you want to go with your mom over at Ross and get, you know, um, some stuff where you can get a lot of stretch for your money or whether or not you want to go over to the mall and get the name brand. He stuff. was straight for the name brand. Oh, huh? my son, he just had to have the Nike and the polo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to have it every single time. He's going to make that one Nike Nike pair of shoes and that one polo stretch for five days. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And he, You know, I remember him going to get a, um, a white uh, hoodie with the polo on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it wasn't even uh, two months. That white hoodie looked like it had been drugged through the mud (laughs) from California to Atlanta and then back to Dallas without being washed. Oh, my gosh. But he insisted that he would rather have that one uh, polo hoodie than going to Ross and getting something else and then getting him some thermal t-shirts and some other things that he should have been getting. Look, save on, right? Yeah, Savy D. Savy D. Gonna, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to meet Savy D. Savy D definitely gonna put our podcast hey, on the map. We where? might we might have to we might have to owe him some sort of some sort of clout from the pod of some sort. He have gonna, him on the episode and talk. He gonna he gonna be here. Uh, he gonna be here over the holidays. Okay, he'll be here for four weeks. Yeah, we definitely gonna yeah. have to get him involved. T- share his side of the story. Yeah, well, the, 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 <laughs> the crazy thing about it is, and I think this goes for all kids. When they're around us, they don't have much to say. Yeah, but when they're around their friends and peers, man, they tell it all, huh? Man, they the life. Oh, of the we party. tell it all, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But oh, yeah, man. Hilarious. Maybe we can get him to check in with us, so we can call him one day. Yeah, that'd be smooth. It'd be yeah. it'd be it'd be dope to to meet him formally as well as to have that conversation with him and have him share his insight as to how the I Got Sense perspective has benefited him. He yeah, can that, share some testaments to the stories that you've been sharing yeah. with our audience. And now I can tell you right now, what we need to do is pull up on him with some cameras, a, a hidden camera and a hidden <laughs> microphone. Because I can tell you, if I if I run up on him talking about, hey, I want to uh, uh, want you to come on my podcast, and mm-hmm. be, the first thing he going to hit me with is, am I getting paid? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. You raised him right. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna hit me with that quick. You raised them right, but you know, uh, uh, my my daughter Eliza, she's already uh, hit me up, and uh, 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 one day I was asked, I asked her, "What what are you doing in there?" Uh-huh. Oh, she's like, uh, "I'm in there rehearsing because I'm doing a presentation." You know, I'm uh, I'm rehearsing like uh, you be uh, doing your podcast. She's like, "I got skills too. You just don't know." Hey, uh, and she's like, "When you when you gonna when you gonna mention?" me in the podcast yeah, so yeah. I'm like how do you even know I mentioned how, how anybody do you, huh? yeah, how do you even know I mentioned anybody so that, she tuned in well she swears she doesn't she don't yeah, yeah she says she doesn't <laughs> but you know I did talk to uh, was that you I, I was telling you about how um uh, 
I had a phone trying to go on a phone and uh, uh go to the podcast and like oh yeah and I'm, try I'm to, go to try my to make a donation yeah and I'm make make you make a donation from your account so I tried <laughs> to get a phone and she snatched it from me so <laughs> we have some interesting conversations but I I think they do listen in to the podcast but uh, it would be great if we could have some hidden cameras and a microphone on them hey we might have we to make that to work them, we might have to make that work down the line you should see how they be treat it like an episode of punk bro, they always trying to get an extra dollar out of me bro always it's always a financial transaction but that's me i see in them yeah. because that's how i've always raised them and always be conscious of their money and their value that's beautiful well brother I think we gave the people a little bit to think about until next week. Okay, that sounds great, man. This is this is a good time today. Oh yeah, real good time. It's always a good time we could and, and sit and talk shop, talk shop, like you say. Yeah, and the time flies by real quick too. Yeah, it sure does. Now I think you do a lot of hard technical work over there. I just be showing up talking. I just be running my mouth like an old dude in the barber shop. Hey, you know we we both contributed our ways, my brother. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm doing my very best over. Yeah, man. I'll be having to make sure I get these buttons right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I, I am. Uh, I'm very happy because when when the wife and I are in the car, she uh, she uh, voluntarily or proactively, she always tells me to turn on the podcast and uh, we tune into the podcast and listen uh, whenever we're riding together. So Round that of means applause. That, yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I hope more people out there are listening to the podcast while they're riding or commuting back and forth to work or, um, you know, picking a, a day out of the week to sit down and, uh, you know, constructively listen to it and see what they can get out of it because we do think this is some great added value. Absolutely. Um, that's going to um, really get uh, everyone um, on the right track to where they need to be, especially going into the new year um, under new uh, – um, presidential administration and then coming out of this COVID where everybody's gone through a lot of, you know, uh, financial challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and everybody now has financial literacy on the radar. So um, I hope that uh, this content and this podcast is uh, really beneficial. So y'all please uh, listen up to us out there and uh, invite your friends, friends and uh, everybody else that you uh Think and uh, use this information that we're providing. Hey, you can always just tell your mama, daddy, kids, uncles, aunties, cousins, grandparents, teachers, friends, employees, coworkers, barbers, and whoever else could benefit from our podcast to tune in as well. All of them, man, because we love doing this here. We're having a great time, and, and like I said, it is uh, for a better cause. And ladies and gentlemen, this is episode one of our new series, Understanding the Fine Print. Uh, next week, you can definitely expect to hear more about life insurance and understanding the fine print with that, you know, whole oh, yeah. versus term and annuities. We're going to dive into that, Ooh, especially man. with me, because I didn't just gotten some life insurance, but we will talk about it next week. Oh, yeah, man. That's going to be uh, that's going to be controversial. Man. Yeah, I might have to be a little candid. I, I, I'm still... I don't know. I have some thoughts. On uh, that, I'm gonna we can dive into I'm it. Yeah, I'm going to clear that. We're going to dive into <laughs> it and uh, talk shop about it and uh, get into the fine print so that people are better educated about those products. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. You can support our, you can support our podcast by making a small monthly donation of a dollar to ten dollars. This can be accessed by clicking the link in our Instagram bio or by going to anchor.fm forward slash I got sense podcast forward slash support or you can simply go to I and make a donation. You can also support support our podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel, liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. 
I said that twice Sharing our videos And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts Please be sure to leave a review As this helps our podcast's visibility Understand that this is definitely something we'd appreciate If you could just leave a little comment or two On the podcast Um that's all I got, Sean. You know what I'm saying? What you got? Man, you sound good over there. Like I said, you sound like a professional over there. I sound like a hillbilly. So <laughs> everything you said, I did over that. <laughs> Y'all show us some love, man. We would show sure enough appreciated. And uh, we, we want to be able to keep this here podcast going on for as long as we can. That's it. Till next time. Peace. Peace.